Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, sir. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 of course, we had the vice presidential debate, which I live streamed and gave a little bit of commentary on that. So you can go back to the YouTube page if you're interested on exactly all my thoughts um, on the debate. About 20 minutes of, of just commentary on what went on and what I thought about it. You can go check that out. It's uh, underneath the uh, Evangelical Norm live uh, streamer. I think it's titled Let Me Tell You Live. Um, and it actually has VP debate. So you can check that out. Uh, give a little bit of idea of what I thought. But of course, we have to go back and we have to look at the, at the very, we can't miss the very best part of the debate. And, and for those of you who are listening online, I, I apologize that you're not going to be able to see this. But we did a little bit of deeper investigation in one specific part of the uh of the debate and we saw that we had a, a kind of a guest uh, appearance um, in the debate so I'll let you take a look and, and you decide yeah it just seems to me that 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 fly in VP Pence's hair Looks a little bit like Joe Biden taking a little sniff. That guy just can't get away from the sniff, sniffing. You know, uh, I think uh, the Babylon Bee has an article out about uh, Biden not wanting to get COVID because he doesn't know what he would do without without being able to smell. His sense of smell is, is very important to him. Being able to sniff people is an important thing. So a, a fun little uh, a video I made, just a short little clip of the fly and zooming in on it for explanation for those of you who are listening is just zooming in on the fly on on Pence's head and then you know Biden on on Biden's face put on there sniffing Vice President Pence's hair so the fly became very famous got his own uh, Twitter page all that stuff and a lot of people had fun with the fly but the rest of the debate was pretty important again considering that one of those people Potentially both of those people could end up being the president. Uh, we are at the point where we've got some some very old guys who are one is our incumbent. The other is running. And I've made it clear. Y'all know how I feel about Biden. He's not going to be president for more than 15 minutes. This man should not even be running. Uh, he should be receiving care from a I don't know if it's a neurologist or or who would who would deal with dementia or whatever um, but he is not uh, at full capacity shouldn't be running for president but 
we we've discussed that over and over again. So if you want more of my uh, thoughts on the debate, uh, you can go check that out here at the YouTube page. Uh, hit subscribe, hit notification, hit the bell, get notified of all the stuff we drop here on the uh, the Facebook page. But first off, let's talk about the fact that um, you know Trump probably the most 2020 thing Trump could have done to really just aggravate uh, the the people on the left is to get COVID-19 and then essentially look like he's completely recovered after like three days. I mean, he had like a couple episodes where he his blood oxygen level dropped uh, one point where he needed some supplemental oxygen. But other than that, Nothing, and I am amazed at how frustrated it made. I mean, Twitter lost its mind initially when he was first diagnosed, and people are just like, "I hope he dies," and da 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 da. And just the ugliness of Twitter came out there. But then when he returned to the White House, just the frustration uh, coming from the left that that he didn't even really suffer at all, and that, that was, um, you know, I'm I'm glad. You know, again, here's the deal with viruses. And this should be, this should be, he should have gone back into the White House and said, we are just opening everything up, overriding governor's uh, mandates for masks and stuff like that. He should have just said, don't do it. Go back, go back to your lives, open up your businesses, full capacity, do what you got to do. Because here we have a 74 year old, is he 74? Yeah, I mean, I believe so. Yes. 74 year old, uh, overweight man who is within the, the demographic of the highest, most susceptible, most likely to die from this virus. And he came through virtually unscathed with flying colors. And he is a prime example of what happens to viruses. They, they, they get weaker. I mean, we've seen this over the years. We've seen where viruses mutate and stuff like that. They change. Obviously, it seems as though, I mean, Utah, they're talking about, they just had a lady today that came out and was like somebody from the the University of Utah. I'm seeing it on on Facebook. I should have pulled up the post. But she's trying to say, oh, the hospitals, the ICUs are at 95%, which is, I've, I've had at least two different people going to, different websites and pulling up information to say that is absolutely not true. And even if it is, my question is how many of those people in the ICUs are there because of COVID? We're not hearing that. We're not hearing that the hospitals are being overwhelmed. We're not seeing the number of deaths. I mean, we've had in a week, we've had five deaths, I think in Utah and, you know, again, 1500 more positive cases, but we are testing like crazy. When you break down the numbers, uh, well over 80% of those who have tested positive have recovered. Um, and when you look at it, at 0.006% of the people who have had it have died. You have a 99.994% chance in Utah, apparently, of surviving this virus. So again... In, and then even beyond that, and beyond everything nationally and so on, this is 
Can people die? Yes. Is that is that tragic? Yes. But it is nowhere near, and we are not seeing anywhere near the numbers of people who are being hospitalized or dying from this that we saw earlier in the year. Hospitals are not being overwhelmed. We may we and we're actually seeing more and more positive cases because we're testing more and more, more and more. But the reality of it is, is people are not being affected nearly as bad as they were at the beginning of this. Something has changed. Something has mutated. This COVID-19 is getting less and less uh, drastic than it has been. And it is time. I'm not kidding. It is time to open back up. Let people open up their businesses back to full capacity. Let our economy recover. Let people get back to work and and let's continue to move on. I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, practicing, you know, social distancing if that's what you want to do. Wash your hands. I mean, the least basic things, you know, we don't need these stupid masks. Again, masks, I, I... Yes, there's all kinds of different people saying all kinds of different things, but the majority, the overwhelming majority of the science says they don't work. They don't work. I mean, stealing a little bit from cross-politic today. um, If you, from across the room, I can smell my, my niece's dirty diaper through a very large padded diaper and clothes and all that stuff from across the room I can smell her dirty diaper masks don't work period I mean and if you don't get that if you don't understand that concept if the if those particles which carry the smell which are which are comparable to a virus can travel across the room what good is a mask doing me especially if I can smell it through a mask I mean I can smell all kinds of different things through my mask that I have to wear at work I'm required to and actually a lot of times I'm wearing a like a double mask thing because this beard has to be covered up by a beard net in the job that I have so I've got this beard net on, and then I put the. I have to wear the, the company provided mask, and then I've I've been putting on a neck gaiter, over that to to help make sure that my beard stays in, um, and not covered up. So, and I can still smell the hand sanitizer that I use. I can smell it. The soap that we use. I can smell it. Masks don't work. They're pointless. It is, it, it's only there for what some politicians recently, I can't remember where they were from, they were talking about, well, I'm going to take my mask off just as I go on. University of Utah guy that was beginning the debate this last week for the vice presidential debate, talking about, oh, yeah, you have to wear your mask, and I'm going to put mine right on as soon as I walk off this stage. It's political theater. It literally is what it is. So... Great that Trump has recovered, um, you know, is doing well. Obviously, I haven't heard anything about Melania, but I'm sure if she was doing very poorly, we would know. 
And uh, it seems like we haven't heard anything about any of the other people who had gotten COVID. So obviously their recoveries are going well too. Otherwise the left would be all over it. If any of these people who were exposed in this super spreader event, which was the, the nomination of uh, Amy Barrett Coney, Amy, Amy Coney Barrett, get that right sooner or later, um, to the Supreme Court uh, was supposedly the super spreader event. But apparently everyone involved in that is doing well at this point in time. So, uh, you know, prayers answered for our president. We're glad he's doing well. Hopefully uh, we pray that he'll continue to recover well and so on. And that's a great segue into uh, talking about the, the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. I, I think I want to say Barrett Coney because the ABC uh, thing. So I'm sure I'll say it quite a few more times. I know who she is. Don't at me with that. Um, but the this week, starting today, hearings are going to go forward as planned for uh, for a confirmation hearing for her. It is very likely that we will see her confirmed and on the court before the election which I said, and again, here's the thing with this. Biden saying that it's unconstitutional, a fantastic clip, amazingly enough, from CNN of Jake Tapper uh, discussing with, I can't remember her name, Katie something or other, uh, spokesperson for Biden. They're discussing this whole thing of Biden saying it's unconstitutional, and he is just hammering her. Sometimes you get some good stuff from CNN. I got to give them credit where credit is due. Um, just hammering her on the fact that it's not unconstitutional. Well, you know, the people are voting and da-da-da-da-da. They elected the Senate. So here's the deal. We hear about this, and I've, I've spoke about this before. Is it a hypocritical act or um, a contradiction for the Republicans to be nominating and giving hearings to a candidate for the court this close to the, excuse me, this close to the election when they wouldn't even give a hearing to Merrick Garland when Obama nominated him. So again, let's see if we can break this down right. The end of Obama's second term. So there's no way Obama's going to be president again. He's not running for re-election. It is Hillary and Donald Trump. I don't know if when he nominated Merrick Garland, if it was down to those two yet, but there were a lot of possibilities. It was pretty much a lock for Hillary because the Democrats you know, burned Bernie again. Um, but I think we were still looking at potentially a few different Republicans in the race uh, for president. Antonin Scalia passes away. Obama nominates uh, Merrick Garland for the court. And the Republicans are like, no, 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 you shouldn't do this. Let the people decide. Let the people vote and they'll decide who's going to nominate this next person. Didn't give Merrick Garland a, 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 even a hearing. Trump wins, immediately nominates Gorsuch. Not the guy I would have picked, but okay. So now, as it's getting close to the election, the Democrats are trying to turn the tables. Oh, you shouldn't nominate a new candidate because, you know, we should let the people decide. And, and Biden, again, is making it like it's unconstitutional to do this. It is absolute, absolutely constitutional. 
it is a president's constitutional duty to nominate uh, candidates for the Supreme Court. Obama did it. He made his nominee. They didn't not let him make a nomination. He made his nominee, but the Republicans controlling the Senate didn't give him a hearing. Now we have a Republican president and a Republican Senate, and they're going ahead with the hearings. Now, the main difference is this election could lead to the continuation of Trump's term. It's not like Trump is going to... and and. Again, I'm not saying what the Republicans did was right, but I'm just giving a, an explanation of why it's happening the way it's happening. We have, if, if there were a Democrat Senate at the time that Obama nominated Merrick Garland, we would have Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. But the Republicans blocked it, didn't let it happen. And now we have a Republican president, Republican Senate. They're going to put this lady through. And that is the way the Constitution is set. You can't say it's not constitutional because that's not what it means. Because the last election, again, a president is elected for four years, not three and a half. The Senate is there for their period of time until the new Senate, the new time starts at the beginning. I don't remember when the... The, the new uh, Congress begins. I, I think it's somewhere between the first of the year and the presidential inauguration. I don't think they happen on the same day. But the reality is, is even if in November the, the um, Democrats take control of the Senate, the Senate is still who they are until that time of inaugurations and stuff like that and, and transfer of power. Uh, so, and I don't know exactly when that is. I probably should have looked that up again. Um, but so, do I think that it's kind of hypocritical? Yeah, I, I really do. I think that there is a, a, a level of hypocrisy for the Republicans to have not even given Merrick Garland. I or yeah, Merrick Garland. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be saying any of this if they had just given him a hearing and voted him down. That's what they should have done. That's what I feel like they should have done. Just like they're doing now, they're giving her a hearing. Could it be possible that she gets voted down? It's absolutely possible. There are a few Republicans on the uh, in the Senate that aren't really, you know, big Trump fans. You know, but they most of them have said we will vote for her because she's qualified to be in this position. Um, and so you have a couple that are like, well, I won't or, or whatever, but there's enough votes to confirm her at this point in time. So we're, we're moving through and then we'll see, she may be on a court that actually has to help decide the, the outcome of the presidential election, because there's going to be no matter what Biden says, they're going to fight, just like Hillary told him, by no means should you concede this election. They're going to fight tooth and nail to try to use every legal loophole to try to make sure they win. And the Republicans are going to do the same thing. If Biden wins this election, the Republicans are going to do everything they can to fight and, and tooth and nail to, to try to recover the election. It's going to get ugly. I get... <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. I said this before. I almost said I guarantee it. I, I said this before. 
I, I think with the last election that it was going to get ugly and so on. It didn't. I hope it doesn't this time, but I'm prepping myself for a really, really ugly election. And a uh, couple months afterwards, as, as they're fighting and making claims of fraud and, and all kinds of different things on both sides, it's going to happen. And so we'll see what happens. And it literally could be coming down to the Supreme Court uh, helping to decide who is the next president, which would be very ironic. So we'll see what happens. Um, Amy Coney Barrett is she would have been one of my I would have hoped she had been nominated instead of Gorsuch. And then we could get an, an another actual pro-life because I don't think Gorsuch is really a pro-life justice. I don't know what Kavanaugh's stance is either. I, I know that she would be a solid vote in overturning Roe. Uh, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, any of these guys would be absolute solid uh, votes to overturn Roe um, should it come before the court again. Uh, I hope it does. Um, the only reason... Why And I'm not voting for Trump. I've, I've made it clear before. I'm not. But the only reason why I would, if, if, I were, if I were pragmatic enough to say this is the reason why I'm compromising my own moral standards to vote for this man, is the potential of pro-life justices to see Roe v. Wade overturned, um, to see even potentially two more. I mean, that, that's a possibility. If Trump is elected again, there's a possibility of at least two more uh, Supreme Court justices that could be replaced on this court during the next four years. So we'll see how it goes and what happens. Um, but talking about that whole pro-life thing takes me into the last thing I want to talk about. And this is just this is as frustrating as anything can be for me right now. Um, to see this group pop up online. They've got a, a, a Facebook or a web page, um, a Facebook page where you can go and you can sign this, uh, I don't know, it's not a petition, a, uh, an agreement, a, a commitment to uh, of a pro-life evangelicals for Biden, which is absolutely ridiculous. If you are, now again, I, I never said, we talked about this a few episodes back after uh, Cross-Examine did their thing about Democrats. I will not say you are not saved if you vote Democrat. I will not say that your um, salvation, your Christianity depends on how you vote. Would I think that a, a Christian who votes Democrat has a lot of explaining to do? Absolutely. Just as you've got to do a lot of explaining if you're a Christian that voted for Trump. With all of the moral issues and so on. But you cannot call yourself pro-life. And vote for Biden. That's a hill I'll die on. If you are, are, are casting your vote for Joe Biden... You are not pro-life in any way, shape, or form. I just started doing regular ministry at abortion mills, watching the people go in and allow these people to slaughter their children, which the Biden platform 
it, we saw it clearly in Kamala Harris's answer uh, at this last debate that they are, she is completely 100% pro not choice but murder of children up to the point of birth with no caveats no exclu- no no uh what's the word I'm looking for man I can I hate when I I miss those words but no exceptions whatsoever it is 100% abortion uh, at will on demand for the democrat party so you may be able to be somehow be christian and justify your vote but you cannot make your claim of being pro life and voting for joe biden you just can't the two do not go together the two are polar opposites completely but then i mean again the pro life community and the pro life machine politically has not been very pro life anyway because of the whole thing of they they want to have exceptions killing a baby because the mother was raped or incest is still murder of a baby and if the mother's life is in danger we do not going in and just killing the baby is is still murder if a mother's life is in danger and she's in She's in an emergent situation. We do everything we can to save the mother. And if the baby dies in that process, then we mourn. But so many times, again, it, it is ridiculous to think. There was an, an article out today talking about a, a lady who's, they've got six, six children and her husband just died. And, and I don't know if he's a pastor or, or something, but she decided to have an abortion when she when she found out she was pregnant after she he died and it was something to the effect that my life may have been in danger well you don't know that there is absolutely no way a doctor at the beginning of a pregnancy can tell you that your life is going to be in abject danger unless it's an ectopic pregnancy it's the only thing we absolutely know that is going to if it isn't dealt with immediately can kill the mother now, are there situations that can arise during a pregnancy and so on? Absolutely. I'm not saying that there can't be life-threatening situations that arise during a pregnancy. But again, at that point, we do everything we can to save mom. And if the baby passes during that, then we mourn. But we do not go immediately to let's kill the child first. Because how many of those times has, has, have, have they gone in, killed baby, but mom is still in life-threatening danger? There's very, very, very small percentage of anything, minuscule. I would, I, would, I would venture to say statistically zero situations late in a pregnancy that could be completely rectified by killing the baby without any other necessary means to, to save the mother's life. And then again, but to, to put these, these uh, exceptions in place that the, the pro-life machine has done kind of takes away from the, the, the truth of being pro-life. 
again, we have, and we see a very small portion of, of what is considered pro-life, the abolitionists, who are absolutely 100% pro-life, who say no reason is a valid reason to go in and murder that baby in the womb. It's a very small percentage, and we're seeing that reality played out in, in junk like this. You know, and, and the only name on the list that I actually recognized was uh, Richard Mao, who used to be, um, I can't remember what seminary he was president of. I, I think he was the president of Fuller Theological Seminary, one of those. Um, he was a guy that, I mean, I've, I've maintained that he's a false teacher for years since he came here to, to Utah and spoke at... Um, at the, the conference center, the LDS conference center, and basically said, we believe in the same Jesus. Well, no, sir, we don't. Sorry, you're wrong. You're a false teacher. So now he's, he's heading up the pro-life evangelicals for Biden. Well, dude, you're not pro-life. I question your, your, whether or not you're an evangelical. At this point, I would say you're nominally Christian. With this compounded with your false teaching in the past I, I don't know if you're saved but then on this page there are 490 some pages of other people who have signed this commitment to jo vote for Joe Biden who claim to be pro-life evangelicals I question that if you are willing to vote for the man whose platform is celebrates abortion. I question whether you're pro-life. Well, I question whether you're evangelical and I can absolutely maintain that you are not pro-life at all. And that's just the way it is. You can call me wrong. You can call me a bigot. You can call me whatever you want. But I will maintain the fact that you cannot vote for Joe Biden and claim to be pro-life. Because those two just do not go together whatsoever. And it is, it is disgusting to see something like that pop up on the internet. Might have wanted to mute that, those notification sounds. Um, usually don't get those in the middle of the night. I think my do not disturb... Uh, has expired it's 515 so um, yeah there you go guys um, COVID the courts and some contradictions going on right now uh, and it's just just another day in the 2020 news cycle right um, not that not that I really have a lot of hopes that 2021 is going to be any better but who knows we'll see God does answer prayers right so keep praying that we'll get some kind of level of normalcy again in 2021 and just see what happens that's all we can do is just wait and see what happens and preach the gospel at all times and use words because they're absolutely necessary and until next week soli deo gloria mm -hmm.